And so you have a church, you live at this church? So I live near it. Do, um, do you have a, a, a spiritual heritage? I'm Jewish, actually. Uh, that's why I wanted to change a church. But no, it was... Uh, I take one off the market. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everyone, welcome to Dr. After Dark. We appreciate you being here and keep the winds and the sails of this pirate ship that we've got going here. Keep those emails coming at drdrewafterdark at gmail.com and also the voice messages at 818-253-1693. Uh, today, the guest is Steve Hofstetter. He's best known for his YouTube videos of fan interactions, uh, owning hecklers. Uh, his YouTube channel has accumulated over 700,000 subscribers, 195 million views. It's at Steve Hofstetter, H-O-F-S-T-E-T-T-E-R on Instagram. Steve, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You have a book, too. I do have a book. Tell me about this, that. This is my new one. It's called Follow Your Dream Unless Your Dream is Stupid. I'll do a... And, and how do you know whether your dream is stupid? Uh, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the fun of the book. It's uh, basically the idea is if the work that you have to put in to accomplish your dream is something you don't want to do, then your dream is stupid. Um, it's not just about or talent. High. It's about well, or you're also, smoking too much weed. Uh, well, I mean, depends on if that's your dream. Oh, you know, well, yeah. For some you might people, be living your dream, dreaming about your dream. That's a business. That's now, true. You it's, know, it's, it's, a, a, it's a huge a, industry. It's an army. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the basic idea of it. It's the the book is about my first six years as a stand up, mm -hmm. and it's about you know trying to figure out if it was something I really wanted to do. Uh, and, you know, turns out I'm 20 years in, so I guess it was. No, <laughs> so it's, it's, oh, I just spoiled the end. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in New York City. In Manhattan? Uh, in Queens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, born and raised in, uh, in Queens. Long-suffering Mets fan. Um, you Things know. doing better this year. Uh, for a while. For I a while. I got to know Mike Piazza very closely. I'm his yeah? friend. Yeah. And uh, I, it's a long story, but in January, people will see me with him in the Wadi Rum Desert of Jordan. That's I. That was going to be my first guess. That's, that's if, of course where we ended yeah. up, right? That's, yeah. I mean, who among us doesn't have that story? So <laughs> I know it's kind of commonplace. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's a great guy, and we went to a Mets game with him, and uh, had a really nice time, and, and they killed it. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's okay yeah. to be a Mets fan now. Well, I have a I have a story about you. Actually, Wait, before you before you tell a story, <laughs> okay? That fucking city stadium that was called City Field. City Field. Yeah. It's easiest field in the country to get in and out of. Uh, we had just a, we just took the seven across, and all yeah. of a sudden you're there, and you're walk in thirty yards, and you're in the stadium. It's yeah. crazy. And one thing that New York does very very well is after a game ends, they run extra trains. Yes. Whereas, like, when I was living in L.A., and I would go to the Staples there Center. There are no trains you know, there, yeah. are there? <laughs> R.I.P. Staples Center now, you know, yeah. crypto, Bitcoin, arena, whatever the hell it is. Yes. And so, uh, although, why am I pouring one out for the company of Staples? Yes. I don't know why. Yes. It's not like, okay. So, uh, yeah, when you would go to a game there, I would go to, you know, see the Lakers or the Kings or Were something. Were you living in L.A. for a while? Uh, yeah, I was in L.A. for 10 years. Where? Uh, I was in, uh, most recently, Studio City. Mm. Um, but they just you don't train run trains. From Studio City to the, uh, to the Staples Center? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, the red line goes right there, and it's mm. super convenient to get to the game, but then at night, LA is like, oh, we don't, we don't do trains. Right. We don't care that there's 30,000 people waiting for a train right, right now. Right. And, San Francisco uh, yeah. does something similar, by the way. Yeah. Getting out of what 
what's what's it called? And I used to be Pac Bell. Yeah, that, that I got stuck on a train there once, or waiting for a train. That was not fun. It's very frustrating, also, because it's not like you can take a cab because there's another ten thousand people yes. waiting for that. Right. So you just have to walk a mile until you're away from it, and oh then you God. can get an Uber oh, and or Lyft that, or something. And a mile from state from the Staples Center is a lovely part of town. Yeah, absolutely. In all directions. Yeah, you oh you really God. have to walk in a very specific route Ooh. with a lot of other people. Oh my God. So anyway, you have yeah. a story about me. I do. So uh, about 15 years ago, it was you know fairly early on in my career. So we're and, talking like 2005 or something. Uh, 2007. I don't want to okay. correct your math. Okay. But yeah. So <laughs> it was. Uh, I know that in the pandemic, time has no meaning. But yes. we're, we're at 2022 now. We okay. made it. To, I, I can't believe year. it. But yes, here we are. Yeah. So um, I did a, a NACA for those uninitiated. That's the uh, basically a college marketplace where uh, comedians, musicians, uh, speakers. Uh, former reality stars desperately trying to hang on to some semblance of fame uh, go to this marketplace and this try to like get booked. This was like in St. Louis or something, right? Wasn't it? Or uh, I, I don't remember exactly where this one it was because I, I did a ton of them. Okay. And so you basically go there and you you know perform or you shake hands or whatever and you hope that people will book you for those colleges. And, and now we don't do that because nobody wants to do anything at the colleges. It's the I, I actually I don't think it's gotten worse. I, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, they're so PC. Yeah. And it's like, no, times always change. Yeah, yeah. Like times I, I as much as I admire Seinfeld as a comic, I think even his example, because it was the interview with him that made everybody be like, oh, colleges are so overly PC. And yeah. I haven't experienced that at all. OK, there was uh, there was one. I don't do a lot of them anymore. Um, but there was one college I did where someone complained about my set and everyone else at the school was like, no, it was fine. Shut oh, up. Oh, good. Wow. And nice. yeah, there, there will be assholes wherever you of go. Co- oh my God. Yeah. There were, I think that was the sequel to there will be blood, but <laughs> the, or maybe the prequel either way, <laughs> it depends on how your asshole is. The <laughs> point is, um, I, you were at the booth next to mine. Okay. And uh, it was in the beginning of a very long journey for me with mental health. Uh Um, It was something where I had just accepted the fact that I had an eating disorder. Oh. And I didn't really know what it was or what was causing it. And the the industry, for some reason, they're like, oh, there's anorexia and there's bulimia. And then "Eh, who knows what the fuck else it is? Yeah. And the idea that a guy has an eating disorder, yep. a lot of us do. Especially back then. Yeah, a lot yep. of us do, yep. yet we're told that that's impossible. Yeah. And I didn't realize until really this year that it was related to anxiety. Mm. And it's been a very long process, but that was at the start of it. And I went over to you and, you know, I, I had introduced myself. I said, hey, I'm one of the other acts and I'm, you know, I'm a young comic and blah, blah, blah. And I just asked you, I was like, you know about this kind of stuff. Um what do I do? Because I was so lost. And you recommended a couple people I could talk to, and you handled it in a very respectful and kind way. And honestly, I don't do a lot of podcasts, but when I got asked to do this one, I wanted to do it just to say thank you for that. Oh my gosh, that's very kind of you. I I expected it. And then you fucked me up for the next 10 years, and it took me a while to get out of it. Oh, look, I haven't gotten into the end of the story yet. (laughs) But uh, no, no, it was it was that was something that was very, very helpful and something that a lot of people wouldn't have taken the time to do, especially because in that moment we're, we were there to work. Yeah. You yeah. know, we were there to book other gigs and and, you know, for you to take the time to talk to me and give me the resources I'm, I'm, I needed. I am always happy to do that, it, it, even more so now, because I had this crazy clinical experience that young physicians are not getting. Yeah. Both in hospital based medicine, outpatient medicine and psychiatric care. And uh, 
and I just want to, I just want to, I want to give it back. I want to use it wherever I can. So yeah. I wasn't as um, enthusiastic back then about just just giving it out. But I'm yeah. always happy when somebody has a reasonable question. The problem is people will often come to me with stuff that the thought bubble of my head is like, oh my god, if I had an army of mental health professionals, this would take mm, seven years. Yeah, and, and this you did not ask that kind of question, which I'm always grateful for. So I'm happy if I can give something back. So. Well, mine's taken at least 15. Well, but, it takes a while to get better, but, yeah. but, you're, but you wanted some direction, as I recall, and yeah. just getting people set in the right direction is an easy thing to do. Yeah, I truly, I was, you know, I mean, I, I use the word lost, but that's really what I was. Yeah. I, I had no idea what to do. It was something that I've been dealing with since, you know, probably I was 12 or 13 mm -hmm. without knowing what it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I spent years going to doctors for physical symptoms. Sure. And there is so much of the medical industry that doesn't understand medicine. And it's weird for me to say that, that as a lay no, person. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. Because the primary care guys and gals are prescribing antidepressants. They have no psychiatric training. Yeah. I mean, none. And I, that drives me insane. And I have all this experience where I've seen all these things. And, you know, I just want to help direct people. But, but even even physical stuff, like, yep. so uh, a couple months into the pandemic, I was having terrible headaches mm. and I didn't know what was going on. And I, you know, reached out to, uh, I reached out to like a, you know, phone doctor or whatever. And basically everyone I spoke to, and I tried to get a couple different second opinions. Yeah. They were all like, oh, it's neurological. You have to get a CAT scan. You have to go through all this. And it was terrifying. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, something's wrong with my brain. And mm. not, you know, the kind of stuff that my brother would tell me was wrong with my brain, <laughs> but the actual stuff. And I was, I was terrified and I went in, I got a CAT scan. Um, not only did they take an extra three days to give me the result from when they said it was by, cause right. it's not like a huge cause of headaches is stress. And so they, <laughs> they took forever to give me the results. They told me that it, it was all clear and I kept going to different doctors. And then finally a friend of mine that does, uh, rehabilitative, uh, physical therapy. Um, I was talking to her about it. She, you know, just pandemic catch up call. And, oh, how are you? I've been dealing with these headaches lately. And she just goes, oh, I saw a picture on your Instagram. Is it on your right side? I was like, what? Mm. And she goes, yeah, your shoulders are out of alignment. It's mm. probably on your right side. It's a physical thing. And I was like, no doctor yeah. even thought that it yeah. could be. And it was related to my spine. So so what they're doing, just so you yeah. know, is they, they see their job as ruling out serious things. Mm -hmm. And once they've ruled out serious things, they either lose interest yeah. or stop listening or just go away as opposed to really digging in and trying to help you. Yeah. And, and most of them have very little training. and they, they can deal with serious stuff, and then that's about all they can do. There are so. too, and, and too many of them are trying to be house, where they're just like, we just want to find the coolest illness. And it's like, no, I just, my spine was out of alignment because it's the first couple months of pandemic, and I'm sitting there on my laptop not moving. So we were trained back in my day that when you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. And finding the coolest thing is, it must be a zebra. It's a zebra. Yeah. I know there's a zebra coming my way. Yeah. And so, yes, I feel bad about that. But let me just say, as far as your anxiety and your eating yeah. and your physical complaints, and I'm gathering you probably have obsessive compulsive kinds of stuff too, that whole thing kind of, the, that all goes together. Yeah. It all is one little biological little thing. I've got it too. I've got some of the same stuff. I've got eating issues. I have anxiety my whole life. I'm on the OCD kind of mild stuff yeah and uh took a lot of years therapy to get over what it. was super fun was when i you know quote unquote came out as having anxiety mm. when i talked about it because my anxiety does not present in the way that people are used to mm. which is why it took me a long time to actually learn what some i have it's in your body some of it it's, yeah, you've already talked about headaches and this kind of stuff yeah like i don't have panic attacks i don't have, you know my version of panic attacks is wanting to throw up and that's why the yeah. it's kind of all tied in mm. and 
uh, there were so many people, and so I wrote a long post on my Facebook about it, because also I'm changing how I do post-show stuff, and, you know, I don't I don't stand in line for an hour meeting everybody anymore, because I just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, most people were very respectful, and then, of course, there were the people being like, take these meds and do this thing, and I'm like, no, every one of us is different. Yeah. And the worst thing that people can do is give medical advice when they are not trained to do so. Not only that, the tendency in our culture to try to solve complicated problems with a chemical, a pill, a weed, a whatever, is ridiculous. Yeah. It's all those things are dangerous. They're all dangerous. They all have downsides. Only when you really can expect benefit and worth the risk. Only then. Yeah. I finally, in the last couple of weeks, I actually started, or I guess last couple of months, I started uh, using Zoloft mm. and a very, very small dosage. Mm-hmm. I, you know, met with doctors about it. I did the whole thing. And what was hilarious to me is the side effects that they warned me about. So they they didn't warn me that it was going to cause nausea. And I was like, so the medication. Oh, that's that's kind of rare. That's kind of rare, though. It's, well, but also but it's it medication can. for it being can. nauseous. Yes, and I know it can. <laughs> yeah, if, I guess if you don't take it with food, it's it a just lot more likely. It just yeah. does sometimes. So they didn't warn me about any that. Any medicine caused nausea, though, to be yeah. fair. Any medicine. That's true. Okay. Yeah. But they didn't warn me about that. They didn't warn me about, like, you know. What that, they don't tell you about is your fucking libido goes down to zero oftentimes. And that's very unpleasant for well, people. I have actually had a bit of the opposite. Oh, good. Oh, so, good. Can happen, that can happen too. What they what they did tell me is they warned me. They were like, "It's gonna make it harder for you to have an orgasm." Uh, it can do that, yes. And yeah, or, or they said it's a possible yeah. side effect. Yeah. And I was like, "Wait a minute." So that may be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I was we like, used to, people were advocating that for treatment for premature ejaculation. Yeah, I was like, "I'm 43 years old, yeah. and now suddenly I can fuck better." Yes, this is the good. Best. Right, good. Yeah. It reduces your anxiety. That's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is a wonderful side effect. The nausea sucked. It's also, once I got past that, I was all right. It's it's also in my experience exactly the right medicine for the stuff you have. Mm. that's exactly the one it has uh it has uh worked and the you know the comics i tour with uh they refer to it now as new steve because it's like even little things like i used to get so pissed when you know something goes wrong with the hotel you get there and they're just i don't mind when there are mistakes i I, what i hate is being lied to i hate being told like gaslit oh the idea of you know just kind of letting things go yes is very new for me yes yes. and so that's what my my buddies are kind of teasing me about that i'm I'm just like okay when something goes wrong and and sometimes when you get these when you're in the biological state we're able to do that stuff then you take the medicines away and you still find a behavioral way to do it you remember that it's almost like getting over phobias and things they kind of yeah. subside and then it kind of stays subside well i did we'll date someone once who had taken herself off her meds and i definitely wouldn't recommend that no that's that's <laughs> it's if you're gonna go get treatment make sure you don't make all the decisions on your own yeah make sure you're advisedly even if just take, taking a phone call and going hey I, I think i'd rather get off this discuss it make a plan and go forward yeah the idea that people are like hey this medicine worked so well you know what i'm gonna do i don't I'm need gonna, it anymore i'm gonna stop taking it yes. because it worked i'm like that is the opposite of how uh, life is uh, particularly psychotropic meds and yeah. that's so typical of how people get into trouble yeah so and you grew up in, in where again so i grew in up in queens, queens uh yeah. you were how old uh i grew up in queens until i was 24 went to oh, la so for a couple of years came back to new york and then lived in la for 10 years and mm-hmm. now i live in pittsburgh how did you end up in pittsburgh uh, so I, I had this dream of wanting to, uh, buy a church and not just to take one off the market, but to, uh, to buy a church to convert into an art center. 
and I wanted to do this. It's a charity I found in memory of my dad. Huh. And uh, was your dad an artist or? A- uh, no, but my dad was very, very supportive of my career, uh-huh. and he was also a huge comedy fan. Huh. And so I wanted to create this kind of foundation for up and coming comics. And so I bought this church, and I turned it into a live, work, play environment for stand up comedians. And you know, I did it in Pittsburgh because I could afford to. Uh, you know, the great thing about Pittsburgh is for the price of a studio apartment in LA, you yeah. can live like the mayor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was able to do this cool thing. And, and Pittsburgh is also like a super underrated city. Like the way, I don't know who is in charge of their tourism, but their, I their f- PR. Oh my God. I, First time I went there, I went, Jesus, Pittsburgh needs a PR agent because I imagined this soot laden steel yep. mills and it's like, and, and I was sitting on the bluff, you know, overlooking the city. Yeah. I was ta- having a, sitting at the bar talking to a guy and he goes, yeah, he was from, you know, California or something. He goes, yeah, Pittsburgh really is a picturesque city. And I went, it is. And yeah. he goes, yeah, it's closer to San Francisco. It's like, wow, it is. And nobody knows that. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I thought the whole thing was in black and white with people smoking all the time. Yeah, me too. Like that's... Just soot covered everywhere. Just, yep. Just people in overalls <laughs> yeah they just make it seem like to live there you have to carry around a lunch pail yeah right right and right it's it's actually like it's a it's a pretty wonderful affordable city and it's possible they don't do pr because they don't want the prices to go up yeah maybe so here i am fucking things up telling no, everybody it, it's nice it, it, i haven't talked about it in a long time i've been there in a few years but yeah you, you come through that tunnel from the airport and all oh, of a sudden yeah. there it is and it's like it's like what what Where's Pittsburgh? Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is like kind of like San Francisco, except San Francisco fucked itself up. So Pittsburgh is the last remaining sort of beautiful city like that. It's, yeah, bridges and rivers yeah. and it's just... It's Stadiums a, that are yeah. great. Great sports town. Like great sports town. Yeah. Uh, and, and the pirates. Right, right, right. And so you have a church. You live at this church? So I live near it. Do, um, do you have a, a, a spiritual heritage? I'm Jewish, actually. Uh, that's why I wanted to change a church. But no, it was... Uh, I take one off the market. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it was just... It's uh, a lot of old churches, and it wasn't limited to churches. I was also considering, you know, maybe an old theater or even like one of those I old see. bank buildings. Just yes. one of these cool pieces of architecture. Mm. Because I used to, you know, I've run a couple comedy clubs, and they're always in like strip malls. They're never a cool destination. True. Like the building itself, what goes on in it is awesome. Yeah. But the building itself is always this just blank rectangle. Yep. And so I wanted a space where when someone walked in, it was like, oh, this is cool. Is it a comedy to club? To begin now? with. And so, well, we're try- we're still trying to get our zoning, mm. but we have, there's a bunch of different things there. There's like a full podcast studio. There's a hybrid in-person and Zoom studio. Great. So you have three giant screens that kind of cover your field of vision and it can also seat 100 people in oh. that same room. Wow. And so uh, we've done classes there uh and uh you know and then upstairs the chapel uh hopefully you know once we get our zoning is going to be just this gorgeous performance space oh how wonderful that's a very cool thing and and your dad what did he do for a living uh my dad was a chemical technician he was he was a lab tech he helped uh so he worked was he a frustrated comedian like he no 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 my father wasn't funny but he had a great sense of humor like he a lot of people think a sense of humor means being funny it's like no it's knowing what funny is Uh. And so he couldn't necessarily replicate it. He didn't make me laugh much, but he he knew what funny was. He was a big fan of comedy. He, you know, raised me on albums of Carlin and Dick Gregory. And, you know, it was sent from the time I was a little kid. So he, he knew funny. Yeah. And it's I'm just flashing on a documentary I saw on uh, Amazon Prime. I think it was called When Jews Were Funny. Yeah. And it was about the history of uh, what's the. The Catskills? The or? Catskills, and there was a Jewish theater. I forget the name of the theater. that they, they, The theater 
zone they were in, sort of yeah. musical comedies came out of there and things. And it really was uh, the, the suffering, the, the first suffering group to sort of use comedy. I mean, not the first, but in the 20th century, the one that was using comedy to sort of uh, relieve some of the suffering. Well, not only that, but the actual history of why there are a lot of Jewish people in entertainment and media is because it was a fringe industry and we weren't allowed to be in non-fringe industries. Right. And so, you know, th th that horrific anti-Semitic bullshit about like, oh, Jews control Hollywood. It's like, you forced us into this, you prick. Like the the idea of Jewish people were involved in early movie studios and early television because we had no other choice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that kind of began the tradition. You were allowed to be somehow we got into doctors, lawyers and accountants. Somehow we got there. Well, we, we got there. But, but, but it, we really did that as sort of a just the standard protocol for immigrants well but I even think that's what immigrants do even if you look at the kids. idea of like accounting or yeah. the reason why you know if you look at the history christian people weren't allowed to handle money right so they forced jews to be Banking. bankers yep and then once they forced jews to be bankers they were like why are you handling our money and yes. it's like because you made us do this or yes. you would kill us that's why well and that that goes all the way back to shylock right yeah. i mean and and so that's an interesting sort of thing they were thrust into way back and yet they're willing to do it because they didn't have the injunctions against it that the christian church had yeah and so that's why they were sort of seen as dirty and underhanded and all this stuff yeah even and, though it was we were told we had to had, do it somebody needed to do this yeah yeah it, it it's very interesting so what do you make of kanye's comments i don't want to i don't want you to put yourself in any kind of position that's gonna make trouble oh but i'm not I, i'm, I'm not, not making trouble i think he's been an asshole for a very long time well, he has been he's been sick too and I, so i never yeah. i always worry when a sick person somebody who's not well makes things that they might later think better of hey, or that, can be brought around to think better of even i i don't want to just leave it as this world where we leave everything as a cancellation yeah doesn't doesn't like foster well, improvement i i i bristle <laughs> at the idea of of cancel culture there are repercussions for our actions there are people there there are i mean he's getting he's you know he's taking it well he's, finally yeah. if people came out recently who were very close to him and been like yeah he's been obsessed with hitler for many years and it's like oh thanks so much for finally sharing well, that is that us. his mania is that what is that? I, I mean, I, I don't I, know what it is yet. It's so it's just it's just look, these crazy statements, I, and then people react and go, "Oh, can't tolerate this." I can't think of someone. I can't think of a good person who has ever disrespected Taylor Swift. And so the second he did that, I think we should have been right like, then. "All right, right, right then, then, we know something's wrong." We it's know so something's funny. Terribly I was at wrong. both those MTV Video Music Awards, both when he read ran to the stage uh, when when he took the award away from her. Or he yeah. And then the I was at another one where he declared he was going to run for president. Yeah. Remember the first time he did that, and yeah. he was so clear and it was i don't know that they showed all of it on the air we were right down on the front my wife was like you gotta you gotta go help him he's not well you gotta get get him off this, yeah. is, this is uncomfortable this is he's gonna he's gonna you know hurt himself and i think he's been flirting with that state for a long time and yeah. i feel bad for the guy i really do i feel well, bad i feel for bad him. for the guy but i also feel bad for the people who have been attacked under his name like there, there are, there's been a rise in anti-Semitism. There's been a rise in anti-Semitic attacks and there's only so much you can. Him? I just well, feel like that's well, been going on for a while. Well, yeah, but it keeps getting worse. I mean, you saw the, I, I assume you saw the bullshit above the 405 where people were. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know what to, it's, it's all awful, right? It's all ridiculous and awful and everyone condemns it. That's the good news. I know, what Not the, everyone condemns it. I had to I had to talk to the FBI because I was there was a video of mine that was shared by the Daily Stormer and a bunch of these other horrific uh, neo-Nazi blo uh, blogs. And 
I got hundreds of death threats, and the idea that everyone condemns it is, I'm sorry, but I'm pushing back on that. Please do, because, there, I, because I feel naive not to be aware that there's even, even enough to give hundreds of death threats. I mean, that's crazy to me. Tweet, go on Twitter yeah. and tweet, we shouldn't want to kill Jews, and then look at your mentions. Yeah. Just just a statement of we shouldn't try to kill Jews. Look at your mentions and tell me whether or not everyone condemns anti-Semitism. Okay. And I'm not saying that, you know, there are people who be like, well, you know, who cares about anti-Semitism when there's this culture that's being attacked and that culture? And a lot of cultures are being attacked and it's all bad. Yes. And people like Kanye, there are more people that follow Kanye on social media than live in the country of Israel. And there are already enough people that conflate the country of Israel with secular Jews who live completely in the, uh, in another part of the world. Right. I've been to Israel one time and it was for a wedding. Like the idea that I have any control over the politics of the right wing government in Israel yeah, is yeah. preposterous. Yeah. And so people like Kanye are dangerous and there is only so much that I can, well, so much leeway well, I can give someone. I, I'm with you. I don't disagree with anything you said. And, and I, I've just noticed that it seems maybe I'm just so naive, Yeah. but, but when the antisemitism goes up, it's when the guillotines are out. And, and for some reason, it just gets focused there. Uh, it always shows up. Well, and it's uncanny to me how much that seems to be a, a, a phenomenon, a pattern of history. You have your comments turned on on this podcast? We will. Well, we'll see. Check them. Okay. Because I bet you anything, there will be people there who will say horrific things about me even saying, hey, don't be anti-Semitic. And it, it, is, it is something that it is unfortunately pervasive. And someone like Kanye, who is... His biggest problem is not his mental health issues, which I am not qualified to diagnose. His biggest problem is that he surrounded himself with yes men. And you have to keep people in your life that are going to be honest with you. Um, there but isn't are, that true of most very high-level celebrities? That's what I have found. They get addiction, they die, because no one says, hey, let's go get some care here. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of people who have that problem. Yeah. And I think the key is, is that as things you'll get better for you in your career, keep, keep your friends around who tell you that you're an asshole sometimes. Right. Because it can, it can bring you back down to earth, and it can, you know, sometimes you post something that, you know, you think is the best, and someone could be like, hey, you know what, come on, take that down. And it helps. It's good advice. Uh, let's get to some of our stuff. I'm trying to decide, should we do one of your videos just so people get a sense of, uh, what it's like for you when if, you get, let's, let's wait like till to. later. Let's yeah. wait till later. Let me get some emails here and we'll do some voice messages and things. It says, here's from, uh, Jason, recently divorced, issue with connecting with women on a level that in order to develop a relationship, biggest issue I'm facing is my sexual preferences start vanilla, but get more extreme. I'm not quite sure where any of it comes from. It leads me to sabotaging any relationship that I start. He scares the women, I think, with his sexual demands. I think that's what that well, is. Well, I, I mean, if you are in a loving relationship and, you know, I, I don't know if I am qualified to weigh in on That's on why you're that here. Specific, you're, but, you're qualified. But I can't wait to do this as an unqualified comedian. Please. To weigh in. If you are in a relationship with a loving partner, you can bring up the idea of something that someone might find extreme. If you are into something that the average person would find really extreme, there are websites for that to find someone else who doesn't. But he's he's sabotaging. 
I think the divorce yeah. screwed him up and he doesn't want to get close again. And so he's bringing these things up early when he knows people are going to run away screaming and that's sabotage. Yeah, like he just shows up to a first date and just put handcuffs on the table. Oh, I think handcuffs probably where he starts. Yeah. By the sounds of this thing. Well, that's the appetizer, you know? <laughs> by the time the entree is there, there's a sex swing in a pizza and place. And a ball gag. Yeah. All right. My name is Mike. I had an incident with the boys in the bag recently. Oh, I guess he means his testicles. They're riding a mountain bike on a downhill course. My cock and balls were destroyed by the back tire. I reached into my shorts to check, and I was frightened to my core. I saw blood in my hand. The bag is still sealed, but it has some cuts and abrasions. The main concern is that my junk looks like Gonzo's face from Sesame Street. It's purple, uh, and it feels like I have three balls in there. Uh-oh. My bag is swollen to the point that it feels like warm, raw turkey legs slapping around. Okay, dude. Uh, yeah, this guy's really into metaphor. I know, I know. I, that's our <laughs> listeners. What kind of long-term effects might this have on my fuckberries? Piss on me, beat me. I, 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 the boot boys are laughing. Uh, so, uh, look, if you're, the purple obviously is blood. He's traumatized his testicles. But if you have a what you're calling a third ball, it could be a cystocele, it could be a hematocele, it could be even a ruptured testy. And so you've got to have a doctor look at this. It, people you know, on the BMX bikes and playing hockey sometimes, if they get a direct hit, you can actually fracture the, the testy and it dies. And it can be repaired, but you, you need to take, get a look at that. So, Well, yeah, and, and the important part is every time you use a metaphor for your balls, an angel gets its wings. So, so I keep think, going. So yeah, keep this, guy, this guy's doing it right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think he should, uh, you know, as they say, get back out on the horse. So. Oh, my God, these are more <laughs> metaphors. Maybe let the purple heal first. Uh, I had my sperm shooter disabled so I could dump clips all over town. Wait, vasectomy. Can't people just say dick? I don't know. I don't know why people can't just describe what they're talking about. They have to use these weird, oblique, they think funny, by the way, language. Uh, I, had, uh, I had my desk chair spun. Like, what are you talking <laughs> I know, about? I just... know. I know. Okay, the urologist said the right vas deferens kept slipping out of his fingers and hiding behind the tissue, whatever else is down there. Anyways, I've noticed my right nut is hanging way lower than normal. I'm wondering if Dr. Wang, that's his name, fucked my nuts up. Thanks. Um... It took an awfully long time. I don't think so. I mean, you're, you know, testicles often change the, the sort of, one is often lower than the other. Yeah. It's also, welcome to the testicular hour. This yes, is all, yes, that's all us. testicles that's all us. the time. Oh, here we go. Speaking of Hitler. Hey, and we're a pair, just like them. That, exactly. Uh, hey, Hitler and Booth Boy. So, so, so Hitler is a, <laughs> Steve looks like, what the fuck? Hitler is a theme here uh, because there's this psychotic girl that we watched her videos where she would uh, do a video blog every day where she thought she was talking to Hitler. And she would open every day with, hi, Hitler. And so, hi, Hitler's become a greeting. Uh, okay. You have, a, you have a, someone who has a series of videos of them thinking Zola, that I they're think in the gonna, movie of I, Jojo Rabbit? I think we're going to have to pull one up if you can find it in some time. I'll, re I'll read this, uh, this uh, email in the meantime. I'm 39. Uh, I'm no longer shooting ropes the way I once did. I started antidepressant about a year ago. My libido has dropped. But the biggest thing seems to be I shoot. It kind of dribbles out. Is this related to the meds? Of course. Uh, is something bigger going on? No. Makes me self-conscious. What do I do to get my ropes back? Men have very weird preoccupations with volume of semen. I, it's very yeah, weird. There, there are those... Uh... Uh, those commercials that it, like that they'll run about like oh yeah. shoot your bigger load right. how to just, increase your semen production i have never dated anyone that had that preference i right. i'm sure there are women like look anything you can imagine there is someone that gets turned correct. on by it correct but i don't think that there's anyone unless this person is donating sperm for a living even then 
Like that. Well, I mean, if you're donating sperm for a living, you need volume. Right. I, I, but I, volume of semen does not necessarily equate with concentration of volume <laughs> of sperm. Yeah. You know, it's sperm per unit volume, and that might be diluted by all that volume. Yeah. What's your SPU? Right. Exactly. <laughs> sperm per unit. I, I do not think that that is an. I mean, and who's who's keeping track? I, it's so weird. I think they see it on porn and they think, oh, that would be cool. Look with the. Yeah. And also, I think men have a weird fantasy. They want to be all things to all women. You know yeah. what I mean? If somebody did have that preference, well, I want to be able to do that, of course. And that's nonsense. It's total nonsense. Do you have a, a Hey Hitler? I do. What, what, what have I gotten into? I just wanted to say thank you to Dr. Drew for eating disorder <laughs> advice 15 years ago. <laughs> you're, you're in the driver's seat here. Hey Hitler, it's me, Danny. I uh, just want to let you know there are at least uh, two of my Daniacs, or at least a a few of my Daniacs that are on the shrimp scampi boat, and uh, Sorry, like a few of my what? They I... are like getting turned into lasagna. So, um, I uh, you see, need your way help getting a, a rescue so, boat yeah, over so there. So yeah, so she needs some help. Yes, and, uh, and they, so uh, they really need your help getting rescued. So I think it's actually kind of nice though that Adidas just signed her. Did she? That's lovely. Yeah. Look at the what's in the background there. there. So I've never studied the background of her uh, videos. Mm-hmm. A bunch of, it's almost like one of those, uh, looks like a shrine to somebody like Justin Bieber. Well, she looks young too, right? She is young, I know Yeah, is she a teenager? Mm, Probably 18, yeah. Yeah. That's sort um, of when this stuff comes on. Yeah, I, I really, I really hope she's okay. And, you know, I hope that no one exploits her and gives her a reality show. Oh my God. Puts her in that. Good news, there's no Nazi paraphernalia around her. She doesn't understand that that's what she's talking to i don't yeah think. It's just so. it's yeah hopefully hopefully she's okay and has a caring family and you know doesn't uh, date a kardashian that's right this is brie from dallas my fiance and i have sex pretty frequently uh even when i'm on my period it doesn't bother me it doesn't especially bother him this month it's heavier i recently had a miscarriage i feel bad because he wants to do it i'm just not into it no kidding i said just wait a few days when it slows down we're good to go sometimes when we have sex it jump starts my period let's that's not having that's mid cycle bleeding. Yeah, I don't think it jump starts your period as much as it knocks a few things loose. Exactly. That's exactly right. You might have a polyp up there or something. It's like when you tap the side of an old microwave. Yeah, and you know, something kind of falls out. <laughs> yeah. Well, since having sex jump starts your period, we should have sex to stop your period. No, 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 no. Uh, it, yeah. Both of you, my dear, uh, are sort of misconstrued. Look, after you've had a miscarriage, it's normal to not want to have sex. You kind of can have a whole mood disturbance that follows that, not uncommonly. Yeah. And in terms of mid-cycle bleeding, you got to talk to your gynecologist about that. I don't know if you're on birth control pill or something, but something is causing that mid-cycle bleeding that's being stimulated by the sex, not something you should just assume is your period. People get I, so confused about it. I this. would also, yeah, like, do people think that all bleeding is their period? That's what they think. Like, they get a think. paper cut, and they're like, oh, no, my period started early for my finger. Oh, no kidding. And they start going, you know, I've been bleeding for six weeks. I've had my period for six weeks. No, that, that's something totally different. Or, or yeah. you know, I had my period three times this month. No, that's... You're like, no, you got shot no. in the vulva. Yeah. <laughs> you should get that checked out. <laughs> it's about the same. <laughs> so, the, uh, the also, I would, I would also say... That the guy is being a bit of a jerk here. Of course. Well, that we are. If, you're, if your girlfriend goes through a miscarriage yes. and immediately are like, but we're still going to fuck as much, right? Maybe give her a couple days. Just give a, her. She's literally asking for a couple of days. And he's like, no, no, no. We're going to fuck now. We're going to fuck a lot. <laughs> Forget that baby's already gone. We're going to fuck. I like the way she's like, okay with it. Like, she really loves me. It's like, no, kind of like, yeah. He likes what you got there. And, and, and by the way, he, he, you're exactly right. He needs to pay attention. Gosh, we have more of this right now. This is an IUD question. 
Well, right, as here long it is. as there the aren't a lot of metaphor. Uh, no metaphors. This is the women, the women ask the questions directly. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I have trying to have a baby for three years, had an IUD for three years. It was removed. It was first and only birth control I'd ever been on from 20 to 22. Before the IUD, my periods were five to seven days normal flow. After my cycle, immediately the following week was super light, only lasted one to two days. This because of the progesterone from the, the IUD. Yeah. Since then, it has remained the same. It has not come back. When bringing it up to my gynecologist, she said I was just lucky. <laughs> They're back to physicians not really listening to yeah. things. Uh, could this be a sign uh, we haven't been con able to conceive? Could the IUD have screwed things up? Yes, you might not be cycling yet. You might not even be having enough estrogen produced. You, there are women that you know have certain... There's a guy named Andrew Goldstein that has this whole theory about the way the estrogen and the progesterone receptors are set up. And about 20% of women being on long-term hormone can kind of permanently alter things. So by all means, you need to see a, a fertility place. I just please. realized the person who was bleeding for six weeks uh, accidentally put an IED in. That's the That problem. will make you bleed too. Yeah. IEDs will do that. Do you have any uh, voice messages? We do. Okay. Hey, Dr. Drew and the Booth Boys. My name is Andrew. I'm from Canada. And um, doctor, um, I just started to look up a band called Mushuga. And Mashuga? as soon as I started thinking about the band and how excited I was for the song, my ears started to shake and my, I just kind of had a, a kind of an eargasm. Like I felt a, a shaking in my ear. My eardrum started to just wobble and my head just kind of spasmed a little bit. Is loving music, can that make someone feel like ecstasy? All right. Well, take care. Bye, Hitler. Uh. And, uh, it's on me, and don't forget to beat me. Bye. Speaking of Mashuga. Whew. Um, I mean, my take on that as a completely untrained place, place, we know. Is no. No. I, I don't know what he's talking about. That's my problem. I mean, you yeah. can get weird fluttering in your ears. You actually get spasms in the... There's two muscles, two, two muscles, essentially, that control the ear, and it can go and flutter, but it's not necessarily a pleasant feeling. You're telling me you can't just come out of your ears? You can't come out of your ears. Give me another one. Let's, let's leave it at that. That, that sort of leaves it. Leave By it the way, me. you can't come out of your ears. That's the name of my next book. Oh, good. So, that's good. Yeah, I'm working I'm on it right now. I'm happy that we, uh, we brought that up. Yeah. Dr. Drew, my boss. Your boss. Recently, I've been very turned on with uh, a woman, and so it's allowed me to be, like you said, us guys, all we care about is our dick and our balls. That's true. And so I've been really curious to like why are my balls not sometimes down in their sack to look like a real man's balls and they kind of will sometimes suck up and could be temperature based because you know when it gets cold the sack freezes up but is there any reason why balls might want to rest up in that area that is not based on the, t the temperature of what's going okay, on okay enough anyway, what do you think Steve love your podcast yes thank you buddy um, Ba based on that question, I think they're trying to make a run for it. I think they're the balls are yeah. Going, I think oh, the yeah. balls are trying like, to escape. They're gonna be like, well, I, I, I like the yeah, like a, like yeah. And they, they just away. like jump down on the counter and scurry away. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, I yeah, I I think that you know it. I 
I don't think that is he asking if his balls are getting hard? He he's developing something called the cremasteric response, which is you have muscles all around the testes that raise them up when it's cold, right? They yeah. raise them inside the body to protect them, and also when you're under stress to sort of get out of the way. You know, their body naturally does that. But he may be worrying about something that guys often worry about is sometimes it can actually roll up into the inguinal canal and sort of be up high here, and sort of you can see your testy above the sac. And that's not normal. That's that's normal also. That can just you just push it back down. It's no big deal. It, you want to get checked for a hernia just in case, but uh, that's not abnormal. Yeah. So, I, so if you didn't have anxiety before today, I can I can give you a good 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 amount of anxiety no, and physical I, preoccupations. I actually listening to other people's problems makes me be like, oh, I'm fine. Did you do you as part of your anxiety and stuff? Is it is there a lot of physical base? Had there been a lot of physical based preoccupation? Because you said you had headache and vomit, nausea. Well, and- I the, so the headache it seems was unrelated. The headache was a a thing with my spine. It was just you know I'm a very tall person and uh, you know hunching over sometimes, especially because I was look I was hunched over my laptop on my lap on the couch Got because it. of the pandemic when usually I would be working at a desk at a hotel or something when I'm on the road. Got it. And so the solution to that was literally to get a laptop stand. And after a couple of months, it went away. Shocking. And, you know, I learned to do stretches and yeah, some yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, the physical stuff with the anxiety is really just the urge to vomit and the... That's it. Just that one... It's called a functional symptom, functional yeah. nausea. Yeah, it yeah. is. And it would, for me, it would come on, especially when I was trying to go to sleep. Because when I'm during the day and I'm, you know, doing these activities, uh, you know, I'm okay and I'm distracted. But, and every now and then there would be something that would, you know, the standard thing that would make someone else feel a little bit nauseous, whether that was, you know, worrying about getting a job or a date or something like that, it would make me want to vomit. And at night it was the worst when I'm laying in bed because that's circusing your mind. Do you have emetophobia also? What is that? Fear of vomiting? Um, no, no, I'm actually quite good with it. Vomiting will be fine. Yeah. You know, we have a little, a couple we've met and, uh, talked about for quite some time, the gag couple. Zola, we could pull a couple of videos for Steve here. We'll show him that, uh, where it's become almost a comedy routine for this one couple where he develops, the, the husband has glee, delight in evoking his, uh, wife's gag reflex, uh, it just, just by making fun of her and she's emetophobic. Yeah, and so just the thought of not of vomiting, she starts gagging and gets upset. It sounds both physically and emotionally healthy. And it's very funny. It's very funny. Yeah, um, there was actually the first thing that helped me kind of deal with this stuff. Yeah, was I because it's you know it's been it was years of it already, and it was one night that was particularly bad, and I it was like three in the morning, and I was like, okay, there's got to be message boards. There's yeah. got to be. Yeah. Other people who deal with this. I'm not alone. And that was in the early 2000, mid 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, message boards, things like that, they were sort of in their primordium. Yeah. It wasn't where you went, you didn't go to Dr. Google all the time back then. So much. This was like 07, 08, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so I go to uh, check out like this eating disorder message board and I'm reading post after post and they all strike me as attention seeking bullshit. Yeah. Like all these posts are. Oh, and I had to put my finger down my throat and all this stuff. Oh, and I'm like, almost how to's. Yeah. Well, but not just that. I'm like, if you have dealt with this long enough, yeah. you don't have to put your finger down your throat. Right. You know how the muscles work. Right. Like if I wanted to throw up right now, give me 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel fine because you deal with it enough that you know the same way that like I could throw a pitch with no problem yes. because I've done that before. Yes. And so li- like reading those and it's weird for me to say, but reading those, I was like, these fucking amateurs, <laughs> these, these babies. And it, it really, 
it, it, there was a switch that kind of flipped in my head where I was like, I'm stronger than that. You know, like these are people who are using this to get attention, whereas I've been struggling with this it's privately. A it's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, 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 you know, eating disorders go along with vic victimhood, history yeah. of victimhood. And that's more of that zone. And the other thing biologically that happens is they usually start by stimulating with the finger or, or something down the throat, and they can actually kind of lose their gag reflex that way. And I had, I had one patient that was a chronic vomiter. And he had to. He swallowed a rolled up belt and pull it out as a way of getting him to self to vomit. See, this is what I'm saying. I feel so much better but listening to this. And he, but he wouldn't glorify it. He was yeah. ashamed of it. And I finally got talking about it, and he got better. Yeah, and you know, and I part of me feels bad about like mocking other people's issues, but also, but none of me feels bad about mocking people who are pretending to have issues in yeah. order to get the attention. But anything you you gotta. I mean, back to our you know story about suffering and humor. I mean. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing that should be off limits for humor. It makes yeah. me, it relieves people. You know, well, if it's true, if it's accurate and true. As long as it, my, my line is it comes from a place of compassion. Yeah, As yes. long as the joke yeah. is, you know. Empathic. As long well, as you're, you're, yeah, the, the, every joke has a victim. Yeah. And sometimes the victim is an inanimate object. Sometimes the victim is a theory. Sometimes the victim is someone who died hundreds of years ago. But jokes make fun of things. Yep. Every joke has a victim. The key is don't make the victim of the joke the victim in real life. And, you know, people use the phrase punching down, which I don't like that phrase at all because that implies that someone is beneath you. Yes. It's not punching down or punching up. It's, you know, you, you, you make fun of the king. You don't make fun of the peasants. Yeah. Well, you, they do. People make fun of the peasants, but you better be accurate. You well, better be revealing a truth. Yeah. Well, not just revealing a truth, but in, in some sort of compassionate way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair it's, enough. Yeah. The, I, I do think that as long as the joke is written from a place of compassion. It, it's interesting to me as in this your mom's house world where they look at these videos of people behaving much like the Hitler lady. Yeah. And it's funny, but I always feel sad and bad. I feel really sad for these people. Always. It just looks, oh my God. But yeah. it is funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's also I, funny. Yeah, I mean something like that. Like I can't, I can't watch that and feel anything but like, oh no. Yeah, so sad. Um, yeah, but I, I do think that piling on to me is not funny because mm. it's easy. It's not even about is it mean. It's not even about it's hacky. Well, I want to, I want to see how you go after your hecklers as it pertains to going after somebody. But first, I want to show you the gag couple here, just so you get a sense of what I was talking about. Okay. And I've talked to these couple. I love them. Here they are. Hey, Lore. Great outfit. How was your meeting? It's good, and I have another one. So I'm She's okay. defiant. Well, I hope you don't puke you're out not, your outfit when I do this. Not doing this again. Not doing this again. I can't do that. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> you seem to be doing it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Stop! Oh my gosh! Stop! Turn one more. One no. more for the kids. No. Turn one more. Turn it off. <laughs> I would leave someone so quickly if they were to do that. Like, I, it is such a struggle for me. Yeah. And to, to the idea of having a partner who is like, hey, you know what would be great? It's really, but she has been fine. It's actually reduced her emetophobia. She's de deconditioned her a little bit. Well, because I've talked to them. I've yeah, talked to them. I, I, look, whatever, she's in on it. She's whatever, in on the job. Yeah. Whatever people are into, fine. That's their thing. Yeah. But like, I just, I don't think you should be purposefully cruel to a partner in order to, like, we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. You could be, one of my favorite things is to mock other people. 
together. That together. Yes. Yeah, you bond over that. Mm-hmm. You know, you figure out who you hate together. And that brings people closer. But uh, no, I would never want to be with someone who who figured out what bothered me and then was like, I'm going to do that a lot. <laughs> let's let's talk about what you've done with the audience. This is something that went absolutely viral. Uh, it's Heckler Owned with Steve Hofstetter. And uh, do you want to set it up? Uh, yeah, this one, this one actually happened. Uh, my buddies and I are big baseball fans. We went down to spring training and the idea, this was, this was years ago. This is Florida. And yeah, this was in Florida. And the idea was let's take a couple of gigs that'll pay for the trip. Yeah. That was the whole plan. And so this was in Titusville, Florida. I don't know where that is. It's Titusville is where the space program used to be. And they're like the post office is closed. The schools are closed. Like they were so thrilled to have a show. Wow. And so this was, I think this was the first time that it was like the sheriff was there. The, like the whole town came out because they were just, I felt like this was the town from laughter footloose. Like they just haven't, they hadn't had anything for a while. And so we're doing the show and the crowd is great. And, you know, this was before my crowd was coming to a show. This was on, like, maybe 40% of the room knew what they were getting into. Mm. And the rest were just people from Titusville. And so this person's granddaughter was a fan and brought her grandmother. Okay. And now her grandmother is fucking famous in Titusville. (laughs) Because this clip, this clip got three and a half million views in three days. Oh, my God. This was the first thing I had that truly went viral. And it was, yeah, it was trending on Facebook above uh, the new season of Game of Thrones. It was, this was uh, 2016. So this was uh, above all the candidates for the presidential election. Fantastic. And to, to show you where my career was, yeah. the, literally the day that my name was the most trending thing on Facebook, I also got stiffed by another gig for $200. The $200 they owed me oh. because they opened late and a couple people left and oh. they said we didn't hit the minimum of people that had to be oh there. Oh my God, how and crazy. And so literally the same time this was happening was I wasn't even getting paid for gigs that I was supposed to get paid for. Weird, so that, right? That puts been... you in the, yeah, it was, it was very weird to be somewhat famous and also no one cared at the same time. Here we go. Every now and then, a heckler just walks into material. And I know that there are parents in the room tonight. For the parents in the room, I want to make sure you know this. You're not special. And I'm tired of your shit. Because parents walk around like having a kid makes you special, and that's not true. Raising a good kid, that makes you special. Statistically, too many of you are applauding. Right now, like that's true. Mine's a Judy, but I hope someone else. I hope someone else. Mine's got this math problem, but it's someone else. It's gonna be great. It takes more effort to order a pizza than it does to have a child. Bullshit. Uh-oh. This is a grandmother? Hold on, I got this. Tell me this. Florida grandmother. What? Has anyone ever ordered a pizza by accident?
I haven't had any. Right, and you don't know anything about See, that one didn't even make sense. No, not at all. First of all, I've had a lot of fucking pizza. <laughs> My middle finger was up accidentally, but it works. <laughs> it you can't just say, well, you haven't had any kids, so you don't know anything about kids. Because here's the thing, I've never flown a helicopter. If I saw one in a tree, I could still be like, dude fucked up. <laughs> not supposed to be up there. That's a pilot error. I don't expect a pilot to go pissed at me like until you understood the pressures of flying a helicopter. You can't possibly know what it's like to fly a helicopter. I've got three helicopters I haven't slept in months. Like, no. I get what you're saying, but when something's fundamentally wrong, you can just tell. I hate that stumble. <laughs> you a sports fan all this? Pardon? You a sports fan? Sure. Who's your, who's your favorite team? Oh, Redskins. Redskins. So this Redskins was a while ago. Because uh, sometimes when the Redskins play and they don't win, do you get mad? She's trying to backtrack. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase my question. Do you ever get upset? I'm a Redskins fan, Oh my gosh, she's, she's refusing to answer you, yeah. really. Well, have you ever played professional football? <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to walk her down that path. Yeah, yeah, she won't go. So what the fuck do you know about football? Man? You know, the, this little piece has sort of never been more pertinent, right? That you don't, you put it in historical context. I think there's a general. I, I'd forgotten how much people were resistant to the idea that their parenting figured into anything. Yeah. And, and their kid wasn't perfect and everything wasn't idyllic. And all you had to do was love him, love your kids and they'll be great. My dad used to say the, the three things people will never admit that they're bad at. Yeah, parenting. Are parenting, <laughs> sex, and driving. Oh, yeah. Those are yeah. the three things that like, oh, no, I'm fine at this. And it's like, oh, you know, some people are going to be below average. Yeah. But I, I think there's greater anxiety around parenting now and a greater acknowledgement that you're just not all good at it. Well, there, there are people who believe that like, oh, well, I'm a better teacher than teachers. Yes, that still happens. And yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the biggest thing now. Yep. And the, like someone like this, it was I was lucky in that, you know, I started the clip with the every now and then someone walks in a material because except for the football part. Yeah. All of that was like the next part of the bit that I had pre-written. And she was saying exactly what led me to that. The pizza. The it pizza was, part. yeah, yeah. The, the pizza stuff, the helicopter thing. Oh, wow. The helicopter thing at the time was one of my biggest punchlines. Oh, my gosh. And so part of why I was so able to just kind of sit there, take a sip, wait a little yeah, bit, yeah. is because I knew I had the kill shot. Yeah. And she just kept walking into it. She, she was doing exactly what I was making fun of in the bit. And so it just made it real easy to reply. And some of the kind of behind the scenes with that video, the so, you know, we were poor comics and I, I was we were staying in this um, in this little kind of roadside uh, bread, bed and breakfast, no, uh, but no, not really, you know. No. And so uh, there was no good place to record that intro. And so literally that is me, that's the ceiling. I, I bent down and I videoed like there was no white wall behind me. It was right. this disgusting, ugly, like bad curtains everywhere. And so that white wall is just the ceiling because that's I couldn't afford a decent hotel. room. Oh, my gosh. And when we posted it, I knew it was a good clip. But when I posted it, 
um, the, you know, the internet was terrible. And mm -hmm. so it's uploading slowly. And we had to wake up early to go to a game. We were there for baseball. And so um, I upload it and I go to sleep. And before I go to bed, I say to the, to my buddies that were there, I said, Hey, I think this is going to be a pr pretty good clip. I think this will get like 10,000 views. <laughs> And we woke up a few hours later and it had already had 50,000 views. Yeah, yeah. And it just started being, you know, number one on Reddit, number one on Facebook, number one on Twitter. It was just so crazy. It just kept boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom. Yeah, people forget the earlier, right, right around then was when people were getting off broadband. Remember that? Yeah. I had an internet company in 99, 2000, and we did a weekly television show, but nobody could watch it because nobody had broadband. Yeah. And then they got broadband and you could see like cartoons on it and that was about it. And then all of a sudden video got compressed and you were, you were right there. That was right yeah. when that started happening. I started I started posting to YouTube in 2006. Yeah, I was a I'm a pretty early adopter when it comes to tech. Mm. Um, like I actually this is a weird thing, but I I still have the record for the most Facebook friends because oh, wow. I'm I'm the reason that there's a limit of 5000. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're they're like and every now and then there'll be like some news article about this that from some other country and I'll get a Google alert in German and you know, and it's, it's a yeah, it's a, well, you know, Hofstetter doesn't need to be changed. <laughs> I know. But the uh, it's it's a it's a bizarre thing. It was the early days of Facebook. I got on in late 2004 mm. and I was kind of making fun of the idea of what is a friend, mm. you know, because online our friends are just people who accept a connection. Right. And so I had this quest for 10,000 friends and then it snowballed and I was writing for College Humor at the time. And so I had a bit of a platform. And so I, you know, wrote about this and then I ended up with 200,000. And oh, my gosh. And the I there were a lot of copycats, but they were they weren't copycatting it as a funny thing or a promo or a social experiment like I was doing. They were doing it to sell ringtones. That's how of long course. ago it was. Yeah. Um, sell ringtones and poker websites and all this other stuff. And Jeez. so Facebook kind of cracked down on it. And so it was the, I guess it was the copycats that are why there's a limit, but it was my fault too. Speaking of YouTube, let us go through some YouTube videos here. We'll yeah. just, let's just go down the line, gentlemen. Start with our Philippines cool guy. What other uh, genocides are people going to shout cool, out to? Cool guys is sort of a, a general <laughs> term here for people that are like unwell. Okay. So we'll see what this is. This is for you. American men, mainly middle-aged and older. Those of you men who are single, tired of being alone, tired of being not just rejected by American women, but not even noticed, not even seen, not even acknowledged, tired of feeling like a nobody. Oh God, remember when I said invisible. I felt sad when I watched these things? Yeah. Tired of that. beating your brains out and killing yourself, oh my God. trying to get an American woman okay, okay. at least interested in you, tired of feeling like you don't add up to Dude, their is he is he tired? I haven't picked up on it. I think wit's end, I'd say. Then stop yeah. trying. Okay, good. Stop trying. Yes. Instead, go to the Philippines. Okay. There are multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes <laughs> How many? of women <laughs> who will love and accept you okay. just as you are. Okay. Women who will treasure you and value you and appreciate you just as you are. Okay. Go oh where God, you're celebrated, going. not where you're tolerated. Go where you're appreciated. Okay, okay, dude, we got it. We got not it. Where you are rejected. Is there a payoff on this? Or just okay. It's I think sad. The the saddest thing about it is that this was jump cuts. There were multiple takes. Yes, I know. Like this was it's, this it's, is the edit. It's TikToks. I know. 
I know. He had to get, get back there and tell us multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of time. And is there someone off to the court? Be like, you want to take the multitudes again? <laughs> I don't think. Roll it back. Roll it back. Come on. The multitude part didn't quite go so well. Uh, uh, let's give me another one. What's the next one? What's the ne- title? At the least it one? was pro-diversity. In yeah, a way. yeah, pro diversity yeah. and and uh, it, it sort of uh, pragmatic, helpful. Well, helpful. yeah, and also he's he's like you know the last thing you ever want to do is work on yourself. <laughs> what you really should do, I know, but at least he's is not going, sex trafficking. Right, that's what saying, you should do. At least do. he's not sort of going that way. He's going for a relationship. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. Political ad. Cool political ad. I didn't know there was such a thing, but okay. Violent crime wow. is surging oh, in Louisiana. I was just in Louisiana. Oh, this guy is such a fucking oh idiot. I blame the criminals. A mom should not have to look over her shoulder when she's pumping gas. I voted against the early release of violent criminals, and I opposed defunding the police. Too much makeup, dude. Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. <laughs> I'm John Kennedy. And I approved this message. Someone asked us about this ad at the show the other day. We do a Q&A at the end. Yeah. And uh, Jared Berenstein, who's one of the comics I tour with, had a great line where he, he was like, you know, it's not a terrible idea to call a crackhead <laughs> instead of the cops because, like, they will work for less money. They will actually have your best interests in mind. You give them a broken VCR, it'll be fine. Yeah, good point. I like that. Again, pragmatic. Pragmatic. Yeah. I sicken from all the political ads. I'm tired uh, of it. Well, also, the idea that anyone else in Louisiana is actively trying to defund the police. Mm. Like, no. The most progressive candidate in Louisiana is a centrist in most other places. Right, truly. Cool goth. I saw Christina all done up on Instagram as her uh, widow character. What were the other names of it? Uh, widow... Uh, she had all kinds of crazy goth names. I forget them. Really, the widow yeah. was the one that stayed with me. It's like, yeah. really? Hmm. Okay, so here's a cool goth. I'm assuming. What's the worst thing I could say? Wow. Things are better if I stay. So long and good night. So long and good night. Well, then you carry on this way. Is that is that something I should know? That song is that a Kiss song or something? It's a My Chemical Romance song. My Chemical Romance. Yeah, okay. yeah. The which is the anthem of their people. Their people. The goth, yeah, the, the, goth. the goth people. I didn't that know My Chemical the, Romance was so gothy. They are. Uh, right? Well, they're they're enjoyed by the goth I culture. Enjoyed but, by the goth. But the the idea that this person is how much time? <laughs> sorry, sorry. How much time went into that? I know. Like the. I'd like, oh, I don't, my friends don't want to hang out with me. It's like, yeah, because it takes you seven hours to get ready. I know. That's why you don't have any friends, to because s- someone's like, hey, you want to go get a pizza? To stand in the park and scream. It's, yeah. On, the, on, a, on a picnic table. The, I, I mean, I'm impressed by the commitment. Yeah, I like the commitment. I, I, I'm wondering, does this guy, what is his, do we have a title for him or anything? Is he got I, a, I want to see him in a t-shirt that says, I woke up like this. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering if he's a guy that like performs. And his, that, his name's Social Repose. He's got a big YouTube and TikTok following. And he's like that all the time? Uh, for the most part. I mean, if he's doing it for content and that's the character, I can understand that. I can understand it. It's still, uh, I mean, is he just singing songs? That's all he does? Yeah. Look, yeah, it, a lot it, of that, a lot of, he does 
other stuff too. Like what? And whatnot. Does he eat breakfast and all done up like that? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So just around the house, work, washing dishes. Music, does some sketches. He's got a big following. Yeah, look, it's 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 not you know my cup of goth tea, but that doesn't mean it's. I I did when I was in high school. There was this. Uh, there there was a sudden, and I wish that you know we had the camera phones back then, and we could have. Uh, I could have actually recorded doing this, but there was this rash of people dyeing their hair uh, platinum blonde, like the mm. yellow mm. almost. Yeah. And it, it was just suddenly like within a week, it, there were like 10 kids at the school who all did that. Male and female? Male and female, yeah. various various grades and, yeah. and you know, different, you know, kind of social groups. And, and so I went over to them and I was like, oh, I'm curious. And I went to talk to them and I was like, hey, what made you do this? And every single one of them gave a variation of the answer to be different. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. like, but you are all the same. Yes. Well, that's like the classic thing of the people that are all done up with tats and yeah. everything. I, I want to be myself, man. I want to be different. You just go from one after the other. They all say the same thing. Yeah. And, and they're you, all complying with a particular presentation. Yeah, they're you, not being different by being different. If you do it because that's how you feel good about fitting in. Right. Like, look, I spent years only wearing black shirts because I didn't want to stand out mm. because, you know, six, four with red hair, I stood out enough. I kind of wanted to blend in. And then as I get older, I realized that like, Hey, it's kind of fun to peacock a little bit. <laughs> and so, you this know, now in Queens, you're trying to not stand out. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was everywhere. I was uh, trying to say, I mean, for Queens, it was partly for safety, yeah. but I, so I am in favor of dress how it makes you comfortable. You know, I'm like, I'm teasing how long it takes this guy to get ready, but dress how it makes you comfortable do what, you know, as long as it doesn't bother anyone else, that's fine. But don't pretend it makes you unique if thousands of other people are doing it too. Did we tell the story yet about how comedy happened to you? Like, uh, no, it, no, how, we how haven't. How did it happen? Uh, I was, you know, surprised, bullied a lot in school. And uh, it was something where there was a girl I had a crush on. And how, she, how old are you roughly? I was 13. Mm. And she uh, recommended I join the improv group. And it was the first time I was like, oh, someone else thinks I'm funny. Ah. This is incredible. Someone I think the world of thinks something good about me. And then, you know, and I just joined it to be close to her because that was, you know, the the kind of idiot I was back then where it's just like, pretty girl says something, she like, smiles like at me. Like every 13-year-old male, you mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I joined this improv group and the rule at the time was, it was, you know, my school had this improv club and we were real cutting edge. We would we had VHS tapes of the British Whose Line Is It Anyway, the original. Oh, so we felt real badass, you know, because you couldn't get that stuff in America. Oh my god. We had the bootlegs. You're studying it. So yeah. Um, and then we would just play the same games they were playing. Right. Um, we didn't understand that long form even existed. So um, my, the rule was your first day, if you were new, you had to do a scene. And I tried to slump down on my chair, did not want to be called on, but I was, and I had to go up and and I got laughs. And it was the first time, you know, at the same time in my life, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be a baseball player. I can throw 45 miles an hour. I'll right. go pro. And, you know, and I tried, uh, I tried art. I tried, uh, my buddy was great at guitar. So I was like, mm. I'll play guitar too. And I was like, terrible. Mm. And so uh, I, this was the first thing that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually good at this. Mm. This is something I'm getting positive attention for. And within two weeks, she had quit the improv group and I was already hooked. And I, it became my thing. And, and what's crazy is uh, I went to a school that had a lot of people that ended up going into the arts. Mm. And so... Anybody we know? Oh, yeah. Uh. That's what's crazy. And so I, I ended up in a play with uh, Chris Hayes from MSNBC and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, wow. And so Lin was a year below me and he was 
to get your stuff produced, like we had a big theater program. And so to get your stuff produced younger than senior year was unheard of. And he had a play that was produced when he was a sophomore. Wow. Um, and like, it's one, you know, you, you hear a lot of the, oh, we knew it then. No, we knew it then. Yeah. We absolutely knew it then how talented he was. And that was just a straight play, not a musical, or was it also... Uh, I believe his was just a, it, it was in this form of just these one act plays. Yeah. And so we would do these, uh, it was a production of five student written one act plays a year. Mm -hmm. So I was in one that Chris wrote. Um, and then one of the others was one that Lynn wrote. And there was a, there was a, a kind of an improv based thing in between the plays as they're, you know, redoing the sets, um, that, uh, that Lynn had put together as the premise and I was in it. And so it's just a wild thing to look back I'm at. I'm remembering. I have a program from it. Oh, wow, no, cool. Yeah. I'm remembering now back years ago on Loveline, some woman called in who knew Lady Gaga when she was like 15. Yeah. And, and and we were asking these kinds of questions. She was like, oh, no, no, there was, this was a different thing. Yeah. And, and the mom kind of knew it. And the mom was sort of, sort of cultivating it, but we all knew it. We all knew it. Yeah. Like, no, you know, extraordinary happening. Chris was, you know, very smart and, you know, engaging, but no one was like, he's going to be one of, you know, the foremost political talking heads on yeah. the left. Like, no yeah. one had that. Right. But everyone knew that Lynn was going to be something. Interesting. Yeah. We have another video, right? We Do we, would you take it off the list? I got another one for you. Okay. You can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, hey, hey. You can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. Hey. MC Hammer said it best when he said, you can't touch this. Nah, 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 <laughs> You called me, but I called you back. <laughs> what does that even Listen, mean? You want to play reach out and touch somebody? <laughs> Let's play reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> you can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. Is that a song whoa, to whoa, his whoa, dentist? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. His dentist can't touch it, that's for sure. Well, they win of our... Defining features of the cool guys is the messed up teeth. That's oh. sort of all cool guys. Yeah. I love this guy, though. I think this guy's fantastic. We, we need to bring him back. We need to find out what he's up to. The, occasionally, I, I have these instincts where I want to go meet the people we're watching. Yeah. And I've done it. And uh, they do not disappoint, let's say. I, it's I always would, richer and more interesting than you could imagine, but they do not disappoint. I always wanted to uh, pitch a TV show called Backstory. Yeah. Where you just idea. find some of these people because I, the, the one that gave me this idea was uh, there's this restaurant that's like on the ice at Rockefeller Center. Yep. And uh, I was having lunch there and, this, and I was just staring at the ice and the server comes over and just goes, that's Bruce. I was like, how did you know what I was looking at? Because there was this guy who was probably like late 50s who was just ice dancing. Yeah. Everyone else is, you know, these little kids like, and families. Like effectively or sort of like. He's doing jumps. Like Dude was really doing, doing jumps, really twists, yeah. everything. And he's doing it as if he's showing off for cameras that uh, aren't there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, how did you know what I was looking at? And how do you know? What? Tell me more about this. Mm. And she said that this is a guy. He's got like a season pass. He comes there every day. And I'm like, how do you have the money for that? It is very expensive mm -hmm. to skate at Rockefeller Center. And like, how is this your thing? What is his background? I want to know, who is this guy? Does he yeah. wake up in Staten Island, take a ferry, go over? Like, who is this guy? Yeah. And so stuff like that fascinates me. me too. I want to know more about MC Hammer's understudy yeah. here. Yeah, me too. Also, the, the relevance of singing to MC Hammer now. <laughs> I like it. Just the, the where he's like, you know what people are going to really vibe with. <laughs> oh and also, I, you called me, but I called you back. I think, me, I'm wondering, Zolo, do you have any details? Is, is, it, is that like a 
a video FaceTime or something. Th- that was posted on TikTok. He posted it on TikTok. Yeah. Now, it wasn't the receiving end that put it up. It, it seemed like it no. was. That's what I'm wondering. Somebody no. got that got that voice message or FaceTime message or something. It and seemed then, like he was bragging, but that's yeah. the opposite of what you would do because it would yeah. be like, you know, yeah, I called you back, but you're the one that called me. Yeah. Like that's more of a brag, but instead he was like, you know, you called me, but I called you back because I'm a badass. And I was like, well, no, that's not. You, you, and you didn't answer. You called, oh. you called them back because you were obsessive compulsive and couldn't oh let a call God, go. So funny. Well, Steve, our time here is up. It's been a privilege. Good luck with the book, Follow Your Dream. Uh, the Instagram, at Steve Hofstetter. Was it all you expected? Uh, it was, it was fantastic. And yeah, and I'm on, I'm on tour right now. I'm, I've got about you know, 30, 40 more cities before the end of the year. Still love it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I love it. I should say I love it again because uh, for a while it was kind of getting to me because of all the anxiety stuff. Uh, the anxiety stuff, and you know, and also you, you know, you bang your head against the wall for a while. I don't mean like the mail order someone from the Philippines, like that guy was saying. Uh, you bang your head against the, a, a wall for a while with your career, but you know, things have kind of been popping for me lately, and so I can travel more comfortably. I can I can tour with my friends. I can right. you know, and it's just it's more fun now, and so I've I've kind of found the joy in it again. Cool. Well, you're welcome here. Thank you for stopping by. Drew, thank you. And honestly, thank you for setting me down the right path 15 oh, years I'm so ago. Glad I really appreciate it. I, it really is. Uh, I, you, you have to know that when people come to me later when, yeah. when they're in their recovery and stuff and I did something that, that got that going, it really motivates me to do more. So you're going to help somebody else just by giving me this little feedback. So I appreciate well, that, it I'm glad to do that. And you're welcome for whoever that was. Yep. To whoever that is that's listening right now, I did that. So thanks. Steve did it. See you next time. <laughs> All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.